Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. We just had the NFL draft last night. And so for today, I'm going to be talking about the rookie skill positions that just got drafted. So your quarterbacks, your wide receivers, your running backs, and your tight ends. All the guys are going to be on your fantasy rosters going into next year. And I'm going to talk about their dynasty outlook, their season-long outlook, and then just how their landing spot kind of affects their value overall. And then also the guys around them on the teams that they got drafted to. So if you guys are enjoying this video, make sure you leave a like and subscribe. That would help me out a ton. And then also feel free to leave your comments. Do you kind of agree with my analysis of all these guys or do you have some different opinions? And then also, were you satisfied with the guy that your team ended up drafting? All right, let's get into it. So obviously, number one, the first pick of the draft, Trevor Lawrence goes to the Jaguars. And I'm feeling fairly confident about this move for Trevor Lawrence. He's stepping into a capable offense right away. They've got a decent line. DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, Marvin Jones Jr., all there in the wide receiver core. And then you had James Robinson at running back. But then the Jaguars went out and they made a big splash at the number 25 pick. And they went out and got Travis Etienne, who is a guy who obviously went to Clemson and was playing with Trevor Lawrence basically his entire career at Clemson. So they have a lot of chemistry, and it just shows that they wanted to go out there and get someone that Trevor Lawrence would feel really comfortable with to kind of ease that transition to the NFL. I think he's the safest quarterback in this draft. He was obviously the number one recruit basically throughout his entire collegiate career, and he's just the guy that I feel like probably has the highest likelihood of really hitting and being that top-tier quarterback. And so for me, he's going to be my number one dynasty quarterback, and I don't really see that changing. And I think going into next year, he'll probably be the number one rookie quarterback for season-long leagues, just because I think he has the best chance to start right away and put up solid numbers, similar to a guy like a Joe Burrow last year, or even a Justin Herbert. But Justin Herbert's really like that ceiling of what a rookie quarterback can do. And so I think he'll probably fall in drafts to maybe the late teens in terms of when he's picked as a quarterback. Moving on to Zach Wilson, he was selected by the Jets at pick number two. And in my opinion, he's probably stepping into one of the rougher situations of the first round quarterbacks. And this is just due to him not having a lot of great weapons around him. You have Corey Davis, who they just signed in free agency, who I don't think is really anything special. You have Denzel Mims at receiver, who is going to be going into his second year. You just don't really know what you have with him there. He didn't really put up crazy numbers last year. And then you've got Jamison Crowder. So it's just, as a whole, not a super stacked wide receiver core. You don't really have much going on at running back. What I did like is that they went out, they traded up, and they drafted offensive lineman Elijah Vera Tucker. And they've come out and talked about how they need to protect Zach Wilson in a way that they did not protect Sam Darnold. So that's good to see, but I don't think it really changes that much because this Jets roster is still not looking too hot. For me right now, he's going to be my number four rookie dynasty quarterback. And that may seem low since he was the number two pick, but a lot of it comes down to landing spot. And for that same reason, I don't really expect him to be relevant for season-long fantasy this year, just because I don't think he's going to be able to step in with this roster and make an impact right away. Now, moving on to pick number three, there was a lot of intrigue. Who are the 49ers going to be drafting? 
I was thinking it was Mac Jones, but as draft day pushed farther and farther along, as we were gearing up for the start of the draft, it seemed like everything was starting to point to Trey Lance being that guy picked at number three, and I personally love this fit. In my opinion, Trey Lance has the highest upside of any quarterback in this draft. He has a huge arm. He's super fast, a great running quarterback, which is obviously super valuable for fantasy. So I think he really does have the highest ceiling. And this is really an ideal situation for quarterback here with the 49ers. They have a great O-line, great running game, great weapons with George Kittle, Debo Samuel, and Brandon Ayuk. You have a great offensive-minded coach in Kyle Shanahan. And so for me, this bumps Trey Lance up to my dynasty number two quarterback in terms of these five rookies. And going into this draft, I think he was really seen as kind of a high risk, high reward uh, kind of pick. But I think this going to the 49ers kind of mitigates some of that riskiness. But I definitely still think he is on the riskier end just because he's only played in 17 college games. He really wasn't even facing close to the top level of competition in college football. But this was the best landing spot any quarterback could have gone to in this draft. I think he'll likely sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo for a year or two. But then after that, if he's able to hit, the ceiling is really endless for him. Then we had Kyle Pitts get selected at number four by the Falcons. This was seemingly locked in. I think there was potential that they traded down, but it didn't happen. Kyle Pitts is one of the best tight end prospects we've seen in a while. And if Kyle Pitts really hits what people think his potential is, he has that Kelsey, Waller, George Kittle level potential. And he's going to step right into a high-powered passing offense where he's going to get the volume he needs to succeed. In my opinion, though, he's still a fairly risky pick in rookie drafts because in super flex leagues, he'll likely be going in like the five to seven range. And in non-super flex, which would be one quarterback, he's probably going from the one to the three, maybe one to four. And if he hits, he's going to have crazy value. If you have a high-end wide receiver and you think, okay, if I draft him, he could end up being a top three wide receiver. Maybe you feel that way about a Jamar Chase, but you know maybe he doesn't reach that high, high-end caliber wide receiver, but he still finishes as a wide receiver too. You still have a guy who has a decent amount of value there, but with tight ends, if you're not one of those big three and then maybe those next two, like the Mark Andrews, the TJ Hawkinson, you really basically have no value after that because everyone is so close together, it really doesn't matter about the difference. So I think he really needs to hit for that value to truly pay off. It'll be interesting to see where Kyle Pitts gets drafted in season long. I'm guessing he's gonna be going as the number six tight end, if not even earlier in drafts. And so I don't know if I'm gonna be buying him at this slot. Tight ends don't normally break out as rookies, but you never know, Kyle Pitts is just a special player overall. Now, moving on to pick number five, we had the Bengals going out and reuniting Jamar Chase with Joe Burrow, and he was my wide receiver one in this class, and I think after this landing spot, Jamar Chase is still going to be my dynasty wide receiver one. Of all of these receivers, I think the Bengals was a better landing spot for him than the Dolphins, just based on the quarterback and his kind of play style. I think he's going to be able to come in right away and compete with T. Higgins to be that number one target. And I just think it's a great fit. The Bengals are going to go out. They're going to want to throw the ball with Joe Burrow. 
and him and Jamar Chase already have that built-in chemistry from when they were balling out at LSU. In terms of the rookie wide receivers this year, I'm going to guess that Jamar Chase is probably going to be the first guy off the board in redraft this year, just because I think he's probably one of the most pro-ready guys and is going to step into a pretty good situation. I think after this draft pick, people are going to be low and kind of disappointed with T. Higgins' dynasty value, but I don't really think it falls that much. Obviously, it would probably be ideal for him to be the clear alpha in that offense, but the guy that I think this really affects is Tyler Boyd. He's kind of pushed to that number three role, and it's really hard for a number three to really produce and be valuable for fantasy. I still think you're going to have a kind of a two-headed monster at wide receiver with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins for the foreseeable future. Now, we had Jalen Waddell being picked at number six by the Dolphins, and I think this is actually one of the best fits for Jalen Waddell. He comes in already having chemistry with Tua. They obviously played together at Alabama, and I think Tua's quick passing can really give Waddle a lot of opportunities to make plays. Last year, you saw Tua play pretty conservatively. He didn't want to push the ball down the field, and that does not complement a guy like Will Fuller, who they brought in this offseason. But what that does do is it gives Jalen Waddle a lot of opportunities to have the ball in his hands. He's a great route runner, and so I just think he's going to be given a lot of opportunities in this offseason and is someone that would be definitely rising up my rookie dynasty wide receiver board. I don't think he's going to be super relevant as a season-long option this year just because you kind of have a crowded wide receiver room there. Devontae Parker is still there, and then you have Will Fuller on a one-year deal. And so I just think this tanks Devontae Parker's dynasty and season-long value because he really wasn't able to produce last year with Tua, and he was the number one guy there. So now you bring in Will Fuller, you draft Jalen Waddle. I think he's really kind of being pushed out of the picture in that offense. All right, so the first six draft picks were all skill position players, and so now we're going to jump to number 10 with Devontae Smith being selected by the Eagles. The Eagles trade up to get him from that number 12 slot, and he's going to be reunited with Jalen Hurts. Devontae Smith is going to be able to come in and have the opportunity to be the alpha on this team. This wide receiver core they have is really poor, and so Devontae Smith is going to be given basically a great shot to come in and produce right away. So I think this bumps him up to my top three dynasty wide receivers in this class. I was a little bit lower on him than consensus, but this landing spot, in my opinion, I'm starting to come around to it. I think in terms of all the other rookie wide receivers, I think he's one of the guys that can have a bigger immediate impact as a rookie in terms of season long leagues. And overall, this is really solid for Jalen Hurts. I was honestly a little bit concerned when the Eagles traded up to that number 10 slot. I was like, oh, they're about to go out and pick Justin Fields and everyone's going to lose their mind, but they did not. They stuck strong with Jalen Hurts and they took their guy, Devontae Smith, and got a weapon for him. The way I would approach Devontae Smith and this kind of landing spot is if you truly trust in him and his skill set, then I think you should be pretty happy with him here at the Eagles. Now we have Justin Fields going to the Bears at pick number 11. This was probably one of the biggest surprises in the draft. I was pretty sold that Justin Fields would be going probably top eight, top nine at the latest, but he falls to 11 here, and the Bears somehow trade up and get their new franchise quarterback. I really like Justin Fields as a player, and as a Bears fan, I was absolutely stoked for this pick. I wouldn't even think we'd be in this range, but 
being unbiased, this is not a great landing spot. The Bears offense does not have a ton going on. Their O-line is not very good. You have some limitations at the receiver position. You have Allen Robinson, but he's only coming back on a franchise tag, and so I don't know how they're going to work out a long-term deal with him. He's currently my quarterback three in terms of rookie quarterbacks, but I think the gap between him and Zach Wilson is smaller than I kind of would have imagined going into this draft. So the guys I've talked about, I have Trevor Lawrence at one, and then I have Trey Lance behind him, then Justin Fields, and then Zach Wilson. In terms of season-long fantasy, I don't know if he's going to be able to get on the field this year. I think he's going to have a year to sit behind Andy Dalton. They promised Dalton the starting job, and I don't really think that matters. But just in terms of developing your quarterback, you don't want to immediately bring him in to a kind of a sucky situation. So I think you let him sit, and maybe if Dalton sucks it up, then Fields can come in and play. At pick number 15, we had another surprise this draft, and Mac Jones fell to the New England Patriots which was very surprising to me. I thought the Patriots were going to have to trade up inside that top 10 to get a guy that they were interested in, but they didn't. They could just sit at number 15 and likely get their quarterback of the future. I think it'll be interesting to see if Mac Jones starts this year. He's basically the exact opposite of Cam Newton, so I think they're going to have to really rework that offense. In my opinion, Mac Jones is probably the safest quarterback behind Trevor Lawrence, but he just does not have the same upside that the Trey Lances, the Justin Fields, and the Zach Wilsons have. And a lot of that is just due to his lack of mobility and just how important the run game is in fantasy football. If you're not getting those rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, it just really caps your fantasy ceiling. So he's going to be my number five dynasty quarterback. But I think he's a guy that you kind of know what you're getting. He's going to be one of those Kirk Cousin-like fantasy players. And I don't really think he's going to be super relevant in season long this year. He could be the starter but I still don't think he's going to be breaking that like top 20 quarterbacks. So he's not going to be a guy that I'm going to be targeting in season long. Next up, we have Kadarius Toney being picked at number 20 by the Giants. This was a really surprising pick to me and a pick that I just did not like. I am not a big fan of Kadarius Toney. And you look at his college performance and I was just not sold on him as one of my top wide receiver prospects. He didn't break out until his senior year. And I mean, some guys don't break out to their senior year, but when they're top receiving prospects, that normally doesn't mean that they only had like a hundred something yards as a junior. So he really did nothing until that big senior year. So I would rather buy in on a guy who's had success, maybe sophomore, junior year, and not a guy who just broke out his very last year of college. And I'm also not a fan of this landing spot. I think you have Galladay there as the clear number one, and you still have Slayton and Shepard in the mix, along with Evan Ingram at the tight end position, and Kyle Rudolph, who they just signed. So if I'm not a believer in Kadarius Tony's talent, I'm not a big believer that he's going to be able to come in and establish a big enough role for himself to be relevant in fantasy. Also, you're going to have Saquon, who's going to be heavily involved in the run game and the receiving game. So just a lot of cooks in the kitchen there with an unreliable Daniel Jones at quarterback. So Kadarius Toney is not a guy that I'm going to be targeting in season long or in dynasty fantasy football. Now at pick number 24, Najee Harris going to the Steelers. And I'm going to be honest, I have some mixed feelings about this landing spot. I think everyone is really psyched about him going to the Steelers. 
Najee Harris was my running back one of this class. I had him above guys like Travis Etienne and Javante Williams. And I do like that the Steelers are going to want to use him as a workhorse. They're going to use him a lot in the running game. And I think they're going to get him involved in the passing game. He is a great pass catcher. But I just have some concerns about this offensive line. They haven't really done much to address it. And I almost feel like you're setting Najee Harris up for a really tough rookie season if you go into that 2021 season with an offensive line that is that bad. I expect his season-long ADP to be pushed into the early third round. And in my opinion, that's just not a slot I'm going to be buying him at. I would rather go after a proven kind of running back two, running back three in that range. And so I don't think I'm going to be having much Najee Harris stock in redraft this year. After Najee Harris, we had the Jaguars go at pick number 25 and select Travis Etienne. This was a huge surprise for me. And if I'm being honest, I just feel super bad for James Robinson, James Robinson fantasy owners. It's pretty brutal out there. I really was high on James Robinson this offseason. I talked about him a bunch, saying that I don't think the Jaguars are going to go out and get a young running back. They got Carlos Hyde to back up James Robinson. You got James Robinson to come in on an inexpensive contract. He played super well. You didn't spend any draft capital on him. And that's the dream situation for a running back. But nope, they wanted to go out and spend first round draft capital on a competitor. So it's pretty tough for Robinson. I don't think he has a ton of value moving forward in terms of dynasty, just because I don't think there's any shot he regains that starting running back role on this offense when you have a guy like Etienne that they spent such high draft capital on. You do reunite Travis Etienne with Trevor Lawrence, which is exciting for Trevor Lawrence and for Travis Etienne, and definitely a boost for Lawrence. It's an upgrade in this offense. And like I mentioned, just based on the draft capital, I really think he's going to come in and he's going to be the main guy, especially in the receiving game. Him and Trevor Lawrence showed they work well together in that facet. And so he's currently my number two running back in this class behind Najee. And I do think he could drop potentially if Javante Williams has a good landing spot, but that's where I'm at right now for Travis Etienne. I'm pretty uncertain as to where he's going to be picked in redraft, but if it's like third, fourth round, I don't know if I'm going to be buying him there. I probably will not. I'll probably pass at that value, but we still have to wait and see. All right, the last offensive skill position player that was selected was Rashad Bateman with the number 27 pick going to the Ravens. And I feel really good about Rashad Bateman. He's one of my favorite wide receiver prospects from this class. And this is a landing spot that I think a lot of people are going to dislike. But I'm going to be honest, I don't hate it too much. I'm pretty optimistic. We really haven't seen Lamar Jackson play with solid weapons. He's been going through his career with Marquise Brown playing as his number one. And if we're being real, Marquise Brown is not a number one caliber receiver. I think Bateman has a direct path to coming in and becoming the number one in that offense. And so he's definitely going to be a top five wide receiver for dynasty purposes in this draft class. And I think the Ravens offense may lack the overall passing volume. You know, they're not going to go out and average 300 yards a game. They're going to run the ball a lot, but they also have limited receiving options. So there's not going to be a lot of guys out there who are going to be racking in those yards and they have a high scoring offense. So there's going to be a lot of touchdown opportunities. And so I'm going to stay open to Rashad Bateman being a really solid pick in Dynasty. And I really think he could be a guy that comes in and you really see an elevation in Lamar Jackson's passing game 
and he's kind of the beneficiary of that. And for Lamar, this is absolutely fantastic news. You know what you have in terms of his rushing upside, but now the Ravens went out and they got him a high caliber rookie wide receiver. And I think he really has a true number one now. So I think Lamar Jackson's stock is definitely improving after this. All right, that was a lot. That was every offensive skill position player that was selected. If you guys enjoyed the video, please leave a like and subscribe. That would really help the channel out a lot. Also, make sure you guys leave your comments. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. I'll see you next time.